Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. All right, we're on the way. The good ship, good ship, well created show. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'll be your host for all of this evening's clowning around. And with me in the studio tonight is a professional class clown by the name of Tony Kerr. You right? Sideshow Tony, we call you. (laughs) Well, main show Tony. Main event Tony. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you're known as down the pubs. Oh, here comes main event Tony. Here comes the main event. That's a really lame nickname. It's probably like a wrestler called the main event. How's it going, the sweet tone? Well, it's early in the week, isn't it? So, so far, so good, I'd say. It's an absolutely glorious evening outside. So naturally, we've chosen to spend it in a windowless radio studio. Yeah, you've ruined my day. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, I'm not happy I'm about it either, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be here. You don't want to be here. We've got those big beach barbecues going on. I can smell them from here. <laughs> All our friends are out having a good time. And now we've got to sit in here and talk about cricket. To be honest, I'm in a bad mood anyway. I've been been quite upset uh, since Sunday. This whole, you know, the cricket. This whole cricket thing. This whole cricket thing. Uh, I am getting over it, but it's been a difficult few days. And obviously we will be talking about that later on, that that final between England and India. But spoiler alert, England lost. (laughs) And... uh, yeah, you've given that one away if yeah. you've recorded it. Yeah, so I've been kind of a bit depressed about that. We watched the end of the game at your place. You might have noticed me disappear for a little while. You guys were all hanging out in the kitchen uh, and I was ostensibly watching a documentary called Rise of the Continents that right. was on in the other room. But really, I was just sobbing quietly into a cushion. Yeah. You guys were all like, oh, no, come in here with us. Come and hang out in here. I was like, no, I just, I just really want to watch Rise of the Continents with Professor Ian Stewart telling me all about the supercontinent of Pangaea. But I wasn't really paying too much attention. I couldn't tell you too much about yeah. it because I was just weeping. Oh. But it's a good job that Wimbledon started the next day because, you know, that's given me something else to focus on. And it's good, isn't it? There's always something else to focus on. I feel it's one of the, the real perks of living in our disposable age our disposable internet society there's always something else just move on to the next thing if you're ever feeling blue just go on to buzzfeed and numb the pain for a while yeah it's true there's not enough time to dwell is there uh you know there's no there's no place for real grief anymore real sorrow yeah i don't know i moved on pretty quickly well you went and cooked some chicken yeah immediately, with, some, didn't you? with nando sauce that cheered you right up the endorphins released by the nando sauce quickly washed away the pain uh, well, you can probably guess what we're going to be talking about today. I've already given you some kind of clue. The Champions Trophy has indeed come to an end with India running out winners. So we're going to be getting right in amongst all of that very shortly. And it's been an eventful few days in the cricketing world uh, because there have been some startling developments in the Australia camp too ahead of the Ashes. So there's freaking loads for us to talk about there. The Fantasy League as well, Tone. Are we going to have time? 
to talk I about don't this. think we will. <laughs> I think there's actually too much. You know, had the whole uh, Mickey Arthur thing not happened, I think we probably would have probably would have uh, at least mentioned the fantasy cricket. But uh, you know, I just don't think it's it's, <laughs> it's been kind of knocked off the agenda, isn't it? Well, I, th- I think we're going to talk about it. I think we need to talk about who finished above of it. who. The listeners are very bored in the of league. it. We really need I'm to go bored into of that. It. You're bored detail. of it. It's over now, anyway, isn't it? Move on. <laughs> move on to the next thing. <laughs> move on to the next fancy. Just move on to something else. But yeah, the sun's shining, so summer's here. Uh, one day only. <laughs> but yeah, grab it while you can. Well, I don't know. It's been a, a few days of nice weather. It's all is going it? on. Yeah, everyone's out. Everyone's having a good time. <laughs> been like, no, this is the first nice day for about 10 days. No, that's not true. No, it is. There's been sunshine. But I felt like today everyone seems in a good mood. You know, everyone's out and about, everyone's having a good time. I'm walking through town on my lunch breaks. Everyone's out. Just everyone is out. I haven't noticed. I've I've managed to not actually see anyone. I received several disgruntled text messages today from people saying, I walked past you in, in the street at lunch and you ignored me. You just ignored us. But uh, I, I just had my headphones in. I don't like it when you've got your headphones in and your sunglasses on. There's something about you in sunglasses, <laughs> which is really uh, unsettling. What do you mean? I can't see your eyes. Well, that's, uh, that's why I wear them. But more so, more than most people, you've got, you, I don't know, you've got that kind of like Michael Goh face. That, <laughs> <laughs> that kind of, uh, I don't know, just I find it weird. Creeps me out. Well, I've just got a real poker face. <laughs> you, you do, though, because you, you when you've got your glasses on, there's no, you, know, you can't see the fear in your eyes. That's why I like to wear them, because <laughs> I, I think people can't see me now. But when I've got my sunglasses on and my headphones in, I can walk past anyone. I can walk past meatloaf or russell crowe in the street and i wouldn't notice you wouldn't even pick them out but i was just walking along listening to get lucky on repeat just whistling like mickey mouse you can't still be into that song (laughs) i I mean and i told people when they were calling it out you know in march or whenever it came out uh people were song of summer well no what do you mean no and i said at the time no well it is the song of the summer no 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 it's it's got none of the whole summer like a big summer hit should kind of build throughout the summer and you don't really notice it, but then you realise towards the end that, oh, you know, that is the song of the summer. But no, this, we were just told it was the song of the summer from the start. It was ubiquitous from day one. I think it would be hard to argue that it's not the song of the summer. Well, well I've just argued it. We no, don't come sing too it, far I can't believe you're it. Arguably at this point. Champions Trophy! This is the part of the show where we talk about the Champions Trophy. It's a real popular item, this thing, and it's it's I, it's going to go on and on. I can't see any end. Well, I mean, we it's had never going to stop this item. It's never going to stop. We had announced plans to scrap it, but you know, maybe we'll bring it back. Oh, oh. satirical, almost. Yeah, satirical and kind of just with a nod to reality. Yeah, well, yeah. topical certainly. Topical. But yeah, what what is in theory at least the last ever Champions Trophy reached a dramatic conclusion on Sunday. With a thrilling final under black skies at Edgebaston. Uh, in, in many ways, it was a, a dream contest, wasn't it, between England, the hosts, and India, the world champions. Uh, after both sides had come through surprisingly one-sided semi-finals, India brushing aside Sri Lanka at Cardiff, and a Treadwell and Trot-inspired England hammering South Africa at the Oval. Uh, but yeah, there was plenty of rain on Sunday. It, it was quite a surprise that they managed to get any cricket in, because at about 2pm... It was not looking great. Uh, it was reduced to 20 overs a side. India were restricted to 129 for 7 from their 20 overs. That was actually a reasonably good recovery from 66 for 5. Ravi Bopara taking 3 for 20. 
Uh, but it seemed like a very gettable target. England got off to a bad start when they were 46 for four, but when Owen Morgan and Bapara were together, it looked as though England were in control of the match. But then they collapsed dramatically, uh, losing four quick wickets, and India pulled off a tremendous victory. England ended up five runs short. So we had to wait all day for it, Tone, but when we finally did get a game, it was an extraordinary game. Bit of a shame in a way that a, a 50-over tournament had to be settled by a, a 2020 shootout but undeniably it was exciting England had it in their grasp when they needed 20 runs from 16 balls with six wickets in hand but they didn't do it was this a choke tone a massive choke yeah huge choke and you know but for the win in the well 2020 a couple of years ago it's just the latest in the long line of, of chokes and it is a bit disappointing I mean they should have won it and I don't, there's not much you can say uh more than that <laughs> okay. no, I'm joking. Well, thanks very much. Yeah, we'll see you all next week, guys. guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, Facebook.com slash cricket show. <laughs> uh, no, it's poor. I mean, it was hard to see it coming. Uh, there was an element of Ravi Bapara. He isn't used to this sort of the praise he was getting, particularly from you. Uh, and, you know, I think it let him go, kind of let it go to his head, and he it was responsible for the defeat almost. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, single handedly has to take the blame. He did throw his wicket away. A ball after Owen Morgan had just thrown his wicket away. It was a bit of an irresponsible shot. But then it's such a difficult thing. And this is why I think I think choke is an overused word in cricket generally. I think this probably was a choke, it, like by the di- dictionary definition of that term, it was. But in a 20-over game, these sorts of things do happen. And Morgan and Bapara, in retrospect, you'd say they shouldn't have played those shots. But it's the execution that's bad, isn't it? The, the choice of shot, if they'd pulled it off and scored a six, that would have taken all the pressure off and England would have been most of the way there. Um, yeah, you can true. understand why Bopara chose to play that shot. He just executed it badly. And these are the margins that you're talking about at, at this level of cricket. It's yeah, a- there's two ways. To, well, yeah, either you look at it in terms of, yeah, uh, there wasn't much time left in the match. Obviously, as you're saying, you know, it was a, few do- a couple of dozen runs needed from not many uh, fewer balls. So there's not a lot of time in the match. So if something does go wrong, you know, if you do have a couple of uh, a couple of balls go by, a few dot balls or a couple of wickets and a few dot balls, then suddenly you're in trouble and there's not really much time to turn it around. Uh, you know, the, the batsmen coming in have got to well feel probably like they've got to play big shots and that's what happened. You know, uh, Joss Butler came in and just played a, a hopeless shot. Uh, it was Kerr-esque that <laughs> piece of uh, piece of batting. Uh, so in that sense, yeah, you know, probably I don't know, is it a choke? But then again. The choke really did come from from Morgan and Bapara, and probably Bapara, and that is harsh because he did have a good tournament uh, and a great and a game great, and a great, yeah, overall, exactly, and a great yeah. contribution to the final. So, yeah, if you had to put it down to one decision, it was Bapara's shot to get out because uh, I love that we've managed to find a way to blame Bapara. <laughs> I do feel a bit harsh because yeah, you know, I've I've not been as critical in the past as as you. Uh, of Ravi, so yeah, so in a way, and, you know, if you would have said like which of the players in the team is most likely to choke, you'd have probably said Bapara, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so in that sense, that was kind of the bottleneck, wasn't it? Yeah, and two balls prior to that dismissal, England were in complete control of the game, and then when Bapara got out, you thought it's probably not going to happen now, and certainly that was very frustrating to watch as an England fan, and you just felt one more over of Morgan and Bapara together, and they were there. Yeah, I mean, clearly. It was pressure that did it. I mean, as you say, Just Butler's shot was appalling. He missed the ball by miles. So that wasn't just a case of him executing a shot badly. That was that was much more than that. That was just terrible technique. And when your technique deserts you, I think that, that suggests pressure. 
So in that sense, I suppose it, it was a choke. But you've got to give some credit to India as well. I mean, they held their nerve. Emma Stoney kept back Jadeja and Ashwin to bowl the final two overs, which was a gamble given that, you know, it could have been all over by that point. But he held them back. Uh, and the gamble paid off handsomely because England just couldn't get them away. Yeah, yeah. India did uh, did really well, and uh, and yeah, particularly at the death, were brilliant. You kind of feel that that partnership between Morgan and Bapara was, you know, it was the last war. Had England maybe had a, another wicket in hand, uh, then they probably wouldn't have lost it from that position, which is probably quite an obvious thing to say. Had they got off to a better start? Yeah, perhaps. they, they uh, lost four early wickets, didn't they? But the batsman that came in, you know, even though it was still a very gettable. You know, even though the, the, the kind of the, what was being asked was was doable, you just didn't feel like Treadwell, you know, Broad, uh, Bresnan, Bresnan was was, was going to get the ball away. Uh, you know, that probably would have been different a little while ago. But yeah, Bresnan's batting has completely fallen apart. I don't really know what happened there. At one stage, he was put a batting all rounder in, in your view, but uh, he's not really uh, done much with the bat for quite a while. As an England supporter, I think what's more frustrating to me than the choke. The choke I have a lot of sympathy with, because I would certainly choke if I was in that sort of situation. Well, uh, we choked hard, didn't we, earlier in the season when we played our first 50 over. Exactly. Where we were in a pretty similar position, except it was over 50 overs. You know, cruising, I came in, got scratched one and got out. Then, you know, we lost about six wickets in two overs and that ended up tying the match. Yeah, so we... So massive sympathy. So we did choke, <laughs> so we know what it's like. So I, I can sympathise with that. But more frustrating to me is those little things that went wrong throughout the game that in the end proved decisive. I mean, England only lost by five runs. They gave away five overthrows in the field. Then you had, I don't know if you remember, Bresnan sliding to stop the ball on the boundary and he moved the boundary rope with his body. And then the third umpire was looking at it to see whether it was a four and he gave it as a four even though it didn't touch the rope because he said, oh, it would have touched the rope if he hadn't moved it, which I don't think is true. Cost England two runs. I mean... It's churlish to focus on those little things, really, because there are so many tiny moments like that in each match. Um, and India would say, well, there were little things that cost us. But it's also very tempting to do that, isn't it? Because oh, yeah. you think five runs, it's not very many runs. Um, Alistair Cook described it as a bitter pill to swallow. That's an original turn of phrase. From- <laughs> <laughs> Alistair Cook coined the phrase, it's a bitter pill to swallow. And that's not just for the players, but it's for the fans as well, because as you say... This would have been a, a first global ODI title and it was within their grasp. I really thought they were going to do it when Morgan and Bapara were there. So it is disappointing. But I think they can be proud of the way that they played in this tournament on the whole. They took a lot of criticism for their tactics before the tournament and early in the tournament. But in the end, they've come within five runs of winning. Uh, and they were a lot better than any other team, I think, aside from India. I think it is disappointing you know when we when England won the world 2020 I think we were all absolutely stunned because from yeah you know it just hadn't happened we we're just it we'd, we'd sort of came it. out of nowhere didn't it? it yeah it was completely it was bewildering uh, in many ways I just couldn't believe it I'm still reeling from that actually <laughs> and the, I was just thinking back you know to the to just replaying kind of Keys Vetter and Peterson smashing balls all around and thinking like no this couldn't this didn't happen uh but it did Adam just for the <laughs> okay. record uh, but now it kind of just does feel like oh, it's back to the old, back to the same old, same old. Yeah, well, you say that. You no, know, I'm just in one day cricket. Obviously, like, you know, we've got hopefully a very positive summer of ashes. Yeah, yeah, well, that was test to. cricket. But I mean, in one day cricket, England were top of the rankings very recently and they got to the final in this competition. Like, there is a sense that people are sort of. 
going, oh, same old England. <laughs> the same old England crowd are out. It's not the same old England because they were in the final. Okay, it's not the same old England, but well, I'm thinking back to the last Champions Trophy in England, you know, when, when England should have won again, but the West Indies somehow managed to get across the line. But, I mean, only one team can win a tournament, though. This is the thing. I mean, England have had a better tournament than South Africa, West Indies, Pakistan. I mean, it's disappointing that they didn't do it because they could have done it. They really could have done it. But... Well, yeah, this is disappointing. But also, you know, it's in, it's in England. And, yeah, one team, only one team can win it. But England should have made sure it was them this time because, you know, when it goes... You know, when the World Cup's in India, you know, never hope in hell. Uh, well, the next World Cup is in Australia. And you'd imagine that England will be reasonably comfortable in those conditions, certainly more comfortable than they were in India. If they build on the way they played in this tournament over the next sort of one to 21 months, do you think they'll go into that tournament as one of the favourites? Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. I mean, we said almost to the point of, uh, you know, running out of air that it was an open tournament going into the uh, going to this. Almost to the point of having all our listeners switch off the <laughs> podcast. Uh, you know, refusing to pick a winner, and it was, and it, and it proved to be quite an open tournament. Slightly predictable in that we actually ended up predicting. Why well, ended up predicting quite, you know, quite a lot of the right, kind of the right results. You actually had a great, a great tournament prediction-wise. What did you get? Thanks, three of the semi-finalists, the two finalists, and the winner. Correct. I didn't bet on any of them either, <laughs> which is a bit annoying. But uh, hard to say what's going to happen in the World Cup. I think at this point, because obviously things are going to change, but also. Uh, you would see it still being quite open. Uh, but yeah, England will have a good chance. Yeah, there's no reason to think that England won't be in amongst it. I think at this point you'd say England have a much better chance in that tournament than they ever have in a World Cup before. And that's a good thing. And it's like when people talk about Jonathan Trott and say, <laughs> you know, oh, what's he, you know, he causes problems for England, he, he doesn't help England's cause. People are looking for perfection almost, and he's so much better than the vast majority of batsmen that England have had in the one-day team. And when you talk about Trot, you know, uh, Kumar Sangakara, I think, averages 39 in one-day cricket at a strike rate of 76. Jonathan Trot averages over 50 in one-day cricket at a very similar strike rate. Sangakara is considered one of the all-time greats, and a lot of England fans think that Trot shouldn't be in the yeah, team. Yeah, no, it is it's ludicrous. ludicrous. And like when Sangakara scored what was a very, very, very good 100, you know, people were dripping, weren't they? They were literally just, like, falling... There's a new phrase for me, falling over themselves uh, to to kind of to praise it, and quite rightly, it was a great innings. But yeah, Trot, you know, yeah, Trot isn't the the answer to everything, but he is at the moment. You'd have to say one of the best one day batsmen in the world. Absolutely, I think he'd be in a world eleven, and I think Trot is kind of a personification of this England team. He takes a lot of criticism for not being absolutely perfect, but actually, he's really good. Yeah. He's really very good. He does have limitations, but he's so much better than most players that have played for England in one-day cricket, and this England one-day team is so much better than most England one-day teams of the past. England fans should be reasonably happy with the way things are going. I mean, if we're talking about individuals, how about this Ravi Bapara? I know that he ultimately threw it away, but he had a great game in the final. He had a great tournament. I don't know why England haven't picked him before, Tone. Uh, well, I'm just going to let you just talk your way out of this one. Well, he was Flintoff-like in the final, wasn't he? If if Andrew Flintoff had put in that performance in a tournament final, everyone would have dropped their collective bundle. Double wicket maiden, he bowled at one point. I mean, it was a pity that he couldn't see at home. But he had a terrific tournament, and maybe he could be England's Jadeja. Rubbish for a long time. <laughs> you know, bit of a laughing stock. 
but then comes back to the team and suddenly one of the best players <laughs> in the world, perhaps. Maybe not quite to the same extent as Jadeja, but you know, he certainly earned a run in the team now. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean you look at the kind of you look at the way this England team's going, and it is very promising that Peterson's still to come back. You know, Swan was missing. Uh you know, and, and there are players, you know, the likes of Root who are only gonna get better. So you know, it is it's pretty they're pretty well positioned to to go and can kind of build on that success. James Treadwell deputised for Swan throughout the tournament, didn't he? And he was superb, I thought. When Graham Swan is available, who plays? I mean, can you drop Treadwell at this point? Yes, I think you can. You would, you would I think still, still I think you'd still play Swan, wouldn't you? But I agree. I think if it, if it does come down to one of them, it's, it's a very uh, typically knee-jerk, punditry thing to say, well, you can't leave Treadwell out now, but... But you, you again, can, because Swan, Swan is world class and has been for a long time. But equally, you know, there's no what play both as well. You could often. play both, yeah. Absolutely. There is a very there is an English mentality that you know you can only have one spinner, and that's largely because probably we've only ever had one good spinner. There's no reason why you wouldn't play two. Yeah, if it's just a choice between playing Swan and Treadwell and playing one of them and Dernback, then <laughs> I think you'd go with with the first option, wouldn't you? It depends on conditions, obviously, but yeah, I, I think I think you could play both. But Treadwell certainly had a good enough tournament that he's played his way into the reckoning for every single one-day international now, which is an impressive thing. Turning to India, worthy champions? I mean, unbeaten in the competition, so you'd have to say so. But uh, I mean, they were the best team overall, weren't they? Yeah, and I really enjoyed watching them as well. I think the uh, was extraordinarily frustrated uh, almost every match they played because I picked kept picking their one bowler who didn't get any wickets. <laughs> For my fancy team, which was very frustrating, but watching the batting, you know, watching Dewan was one of the most enjoyable things in the in the tournament, probably. Yeah, overall very impressive. And they got they, you know, they had a lot their own way, didn't they? In the final, the the crowd uh, was largely behind them, uh, and the pitch was doing some stuff that they would have liked. Well, it was turning square, wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> it's pretty generous of England to accommodate them like that. Foolish, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you can't imagine a a Champions Trophy final in Mumbai. Where England rock up and it's a green seamer, you know, it's just it just wouldn't happen. Uh, I mean, we talked about this last week. This is a new team, isn't it? It's, it's got a fresh look about it, and that's hugely exciting for Indian cricket. I mean, that that 2011 World Cup win was sort of the last hurrah of that golden generation, and it was one on the backs of Tendulkar and Sevag and Gambir and Yuvraj and Zahir. Here, they've all gone. A new generation has come in. It looks like a very promising generation. Talk about Ravindra Jadeja. Warren calls him a rock star. I think that's appropriate. Is there anything he can't do, Tone? A decisive contribution with the ball, but also with the bat in the final. He he rescued India with the bat. Yeah, I mean, yeah, extremely effective. So, I mean, it's suddenly he's like the best player in the world, having been, as I say, a bit of a laughing stock for a while. Impressive. That's all you can say about him, I think. So what did you make of this tournament overall then, Tone? Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy watching it? It was for a cricket tournament very very good very perfect right very uh, perfect it's probably going to come back on Netflix in... very perfect is like <laughs> it's like something a child would write like a seven year old it was extremely perfect uh, but I mean it's probably going to come back on Netflix in a few years time isn't it Which... that was a gag that would have worked better at the start of the tournament when uh, when Arrested Development was was coming out was still on hot. Netflix. But anyway... Uh, People have moved on, though, Tan. They've moved on to the next thing. The new refer- I've got the they- current reference. Go to BuzzFeed and see what's going on. What's going on. Uh, well, it is, it is the last one, though, isn't it? The, the last Champions Trophy, or it's supposed to be. But there is now some talk of the ICC changing their minds about that. The next cycle would be in 2017, 
in theory, they're going to be staging a test championship then instead of the Champions Trophy. But this tournament went down so well that I think they're now attempting to uh, backtrack on that idea uh, and possibly scrap the test championship for the second time. Cricket, you know, with cricket kind of organisation and stuff, it is like turning around a tanker, isn't it? It's going to... Well, they've made this decision now. And by the time we get to 2017, everyone will be regretting it. Uh, There'll be some reason why the Champions Trophy is made an absolute fool of. Uh, we'll be despairing of it, but and then they'll be like, "Well, why are we playing this tournament? It's stupid. Why are we not doing this? Why did we not do the Test Championship?" So I don't know, but uh, yeah, I, I'd happily see a Champions Trophy every two years still. <laughs> but well, then again, you know, we're, we're in a new world, aren't we, Adam? Now you know you've got the World Twenty Twenty as well, so let's not be greedy. Well, that's the thing because it's kind of hard to see where it fits in if you've got a Test Championship as well, because there's the World Twenty Twenty every two years, so that's two years out of a four-year cycle. World 2020, the World Cup is the third year, so there's only one free year. It's kind of either or, isn't it? Test Championship or Champions Trophy. I mean, this is another discussion, but I'm I have reservations about whether a tem- Test Championship would work. You probably need to stage one to know for sure, which is a, a bit of a, a difficulty. But I would like to see the Champions Trophy survive because it is a great tournament. This format is fantastic, and to me, it's much more enjoyable than the World Cup at this point. So I was thinking about this and I was thinking, well, the reason I want it to survive is because of the format. I just think it's so exciting. It's great to have so many big matches. Uh, But then I thought, well, maybe you could just make the World Cup like that. It's not that I've got a a particular sort of place in my heart for the Champions Trophy, for that particular trophy. It's just the format. So could you not turn the World Cup into this? Now, we've talked about it, how problematic that is because you want to open it up to the minnows to... Well, I mean, teams like Ireland would probably uh, reject the idea that they should be called minnows. But you want to open it up to other teams. You probably want to have more than eight teams. But if you had some sort of qualifying, I don't know that. I think it it might be possible, particularly because they are expanding the World Twenty Twenty to be. It's the next one's going to be sixteen teams, four groups of four. Those minnow nations are probably going to be much more competitive in twenty twenty than in fifty over. So maybe the World Twenty Twenty is where. You know, they get their opportunity and you make the World Cup more like this because it's much more exciting. It's a much better advertisement for cricket, uh, which yeah. is kind of what the World Cup needs to be. Yeah, no, I think it's a solid argument. I agree with you. I do think that Bangladesh are going to get to a good stage at some point soon. Sure, they, they must do. It's, uh, it's kind of inevitable. Like, like Certainly in, in 30 years, you'd imagine they'd be up there as one of the best teams in the world just because of population and passion for cricket and yeah, so and they're the, going yeah, to they get, get better develop- it's inevitable the infrastructure and the and the coaching and development and stuff but it would seem a shame to freeze them out Zimbabwe uh, as well might get to a competitive stage again fairly soon in the next kind of one to one to I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 20 years. So, you know, you'd like to be probably like to see those two. And, and as you said, Ireland as well are, are decent. So there is scope. How do you fit? You can fit a 10 team. You know, 10 teams don't go into a, uh, into a, a short form tournament unless you end up with like a super six or super nine or something or whatever super nine and one other team <laughs> yeah yeah no 10 uh, teams don't go into so two it's difficult before. and then so then you're then you're starting to bring in the teams where you know no one's going to want to watch a 50 ever you know well no one wants to watch a 50 ever game really as has been proved in the world cups uh between two completely mismatched nations so it, it is really difficult but i agree that's it, you know i think the 2020 world cup is the that is the vehicle well the 50 over world cup just doesn't work in its current incarnation does it, it it's too long people lose interest as you say there are far too many one-sided games i don't particularly look forward to the world cup whereas i was really looking forward to this tournament and it was great i don't like the idea of the world cup being closed off and yeah and bangladesh absolutely have to be included in some way because they are going to get better and better they just have to be qualifying thing you just have to have qualifying so you're enabling every nation to get there if they get there on merit but you're not doing it actually at the tournament because yeah, that because that behind closed doors where no one has to see. I don't know. I mean, I've kind of I'm kind of changing my view on it. It's not what I've always thought, but I I just think getting rid ba- of this flip flopping, flip flopping a little bit. It's a dramatic U-turn. A little bit, yeah. I do take my lead from the coalition government, as you know, <laughs> as I look like most of them. But I just think it seems a bit ridiculous to be getting rid of this tournament out of the two. Yeah global 50 over tournaments to be getting rid of this one which is exciting and keeping the one that's drab and goes on too long just doesn't seem to make sense to me so that's kind of why i'm changing my view but here you go Tan. i've picked a team of the tournament a composite 11 if you will uh, i asked nick knight to do this for me but he just looked confused just didn't understand the brief he just stared at me confused uh so here you go see what you think about this uh my openers are a fellow by the name of shikar dewan and Rohit Sharma. I've got Jonathan Trott at number three, Kumar Sangakara at four, and he takes the gloves for me. Then Mizbar or Huck. The two Ravis, Bapara and Jadeja, are my all-rounders. Two other spinners in Ashwin and Treadwell. And then just the two seamers, Mitchell McClanagan and Jimmy Anderson. What do you reckon to that team then, Tony? There's some close calls there. Some some players might feel unlucky not to get in. Virat Kohli, Nuan Kalasekara, Bhavneshwar Kumar. But I can only pick 11. Four from England, four from India. Maybe illustrates that they were far and away the, the two best teams. <laughs> so just run through that team again very quickly. Uh, Dewan, Sharma, Trot, Sangakara, Mizbar, Bapara, Jadeja, Ashwin, Treadwell, McLennigan, Anderson. So I've picked a lot of spinners there. There's three spinners in that team in Jadeja, Ashwin and Treadwell. But I think they all had fantastic tournaments, didn't they? Some people might say Kohli should be in there instead of Mizbar, but you know Mizbar was Pakistan's best player by a mile and sort of single-handedly attempted to drag them back into games although not successfully in the end but yeah that's my team i notice you're not really finding any fault with it which is no, probably well, the first time <clears throat> i've ever picked a composite 11 that you've not found fault with it. Well, it does feel it feels pretty solid to me 
Uh, what odds Bapara getting there before the tournament? Yeah, it's long, very long. Long odds. Uh, I think you would have actually just laughed and walked out if I'd have suggested it to you. Uh, but that's that's good. That's good to show you're not you know you're not too not too proud to put him in there. Uh, pretty solid, yeah. I mean, the outstanding performance were you know did stand out, and also there's not the outstanding performance did stand out. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Obviously, it's a quite short tournament, so there's not that much room for them to separate themselves. You know, statistically. Dewan was by a mile the, the highest run scorer. How many did he get? Uh, 363 runs he scored and it's from five innings, uh, which is 130-odd more than, than Trot and way more than Sangakara, Sharma, Cody, Mizbar, Root, Joel Wardner. Do you want to just read the whole list? Or? I can go a bit further if you want. Cook Bell de Villiers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and Dewan... Uh, Cook Bell de Villiers sounds like a sort of Crosby, Stills, Nash-style... <laughs> Folk trio. You want to know who had the high or who had the highest strike rate of all the batsmen to get over 100 runs? Yeah, go on then. Ravi Bapara. Wow. By distance, finished with a strike rate of 137. The closest was the one 101. De Villiers 100. Will you miss this tournament now, Tone? Will there be a void in your life, or are you just looking forward to moving on? <laughs> moving well, on to as the you next said thing. Before you know, it finishes. We've got Wimbledon for a fortnight. And then the ashes, pretty much. So there actually, there's no, there's no time to look back. You know, even looking back now, we've actually, we're probably wasting time. <laughs> we, we should, we should have moved on already. Uh, but there's so much, isn't there? So, so much cricket to look forward to in the summer that we've got a 2020 game going on right <laughs> now between England and New Zealand, which might be the most pointless game of international cricket ever organised. Then we've got the ashes. Then we've got another ashes. It never stops then. And that's, it never you, stops. Yeah, you know, the Aussies, they didn't wait long, did they? They didn't wait long for the, the dust to settle on the Champions Trophy before burying it uh, with that huge news that I'm sure we might discuss. Well, yes. Sorry, I'm just teasing on, ahead, mate. I'm You're teasing jumping ahead. the gun. Teasing ahead. It's a taster for the audience there, just to keep them listening. Oh, professional, professional bit of radio there. Ten, I think the moment's arrived. I think it's time to talk about the World Cricket Show Fantasy League. I know you don't want to. I know you don't want to, Tony, but we're going to have to. Uh, for people who are perhaps unaware, we've been running a World Cricket Show private league on the official ICC Champions Trophy Fantasy League site. It's been a roaring success, wouldn't you say, Tony? I've certainly enjoyed it. No, I've, I've had a blast. You know, it's not all about us, is it? It's, it's about the winner. Really. Well, and it's, it's, about it's the mostly people. about us, Tony, let's be honest. It's mostly about the people who finished in the it's top five. It's mostly about us. <laughs> Do you know what? I just think, yeah, we've all had a bit of fun and uh, that's good. You know, we've got something out of it. People who have been listening the last few weeks know that very quickly, for the, for the two of us, it, this league ceased to be about winning <laughs> and it just became about... Very quickly. Day one, I think. Yeah. <laughs> day one when we weren't top, it became who's going to finish higher out of the two of us. Uh, and the answer was me. Uh, I finished in eighth place with 3,936 points. A whopping 236 points ahead of Tony Kerr in ninth. Well, only one place ahead, though. Well, gutting, gutting. One is all it takes. <laughs> so, uh, well, no, I have to say, no, well done, Adam. Congratulations. Thanks very much. Uh, Magnanimous in defeat as ever. <laughs> as always. You know, it was good, and it, I, you know, I mean, you didn't pick the right semi-finalist, but you know, that's that's another story. No, but you did, you did, you did well on this. This is like when uh, when I beat you at FIFA. <laughs> Like, whenever we play FIFA, and, you mean, and I, you, hang on, what do you mean? Whenever, 
What, the odd occasion where you've beaten me on FIFA? <laughs> they always beat you at FIFA. You never beat me on FIFA. Every time I score, you never say, oh, good goal, mate. You never say, oh, that was a good goal. You're just like, no, 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 see, because uh, oh, I messed up that defending. It was very much my fault. <laughs> That's like, rubbish. I let you score that through my <laughs> own incompetence. It wasn't anything good that you did. Well, let me uh, let me read you the top of the table. Uh, I'm going to do it in reverse. The top. Should we do the top eight? <laughs> I think do top ten. Uh, do in, the top ten. In eighth place. No. Adam Bayfield. You can't do a top eight, mate. <laughs> Adam Bayfield. Ridiculous. Welcome to No one can. No, start with five. I'm going to rule you on this. This is nonsense. But then I feel bad for seventh place and sixth place. Seventh, Rizwan Hussain. Sixth, Armen Nazir. Fifth, Usman Mahmoud. Fourth, Terry Rudge. Third, David Buttle. Second, R. Chowdhury. Uh, and the winner is Andrew Hunter, uh, who led from the off, didn't he? Led right from the get-go, uh, and nobody could catch him. Uh, so he wins a World Cricket Show mug. Yay! Congratulations to Andrew. And well done to everyone who played. We're all winners in a way, Tony, aren't we? Some more than others, but uh, we are all winners in a way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the real the real kind of money's earned in the predictions, isn't it? But the fantasy is that, you know, it's a nice it's a nice sideline. It's almost like the side note prediction, you know, isn't see, it? My defender just disappeared, and I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what happened. He, he was playing you on side. Ashes. This is the part of the show where we talk about the ashes. It's getting closer, Tone. We are now just two weeks out. It's all up in our grill. Wimbledon finishes, and then the ashes start three days later. I mean, that is actually mental, isn't it? <laughs> it's, I don't, it's terrifying in a way. I don't understand how the Champions Trophy finishes the day later Wimbledon finishes. It's like someone's actually scheduled. It's like a dream schedule. It's ridiculous. But also, you know, because the, the, we we'll both get quite into Wimbledon. Uh, and we'll be both fairly enveloped in it or by it by the end. And then suddenly, you know, two days to clear our heads and think of the ashes. You mean we won't sort of notice that the ashes are about no, to start? Well, no. it's kind of hard to ignore, though, at the moment because stuff seems to be happening every day. There's a brand new news story. There's a brand new story <laughs> about how the Australian camp is disintegrating every day. It's tough to keep up. We're going to be doing a spectacular two-part preview of the Ashes. We'll be talking about Australia on next week's show. Guess who we're going to be talking about the week after that, Tone? Oh, I don't know. The umpires? Nope. The ICC? Nope. England? Got it in three. Oh, look at that. Got it in three. So, so there's all that to look forward to, but this week there's one story that has hijacked all the headlines, and that is Cricket Australia's shock decision to axe their coach, Mickey Arthur, and replace him with Darren Lehman. It was a bolt from the blue. What's going on, Tone? It's like something from Premier League football. Uh, you know, a manager being sacked out of nowhere right before a, a big assignment. Um, there's actually some talk of Joe Kinnear coming in as director of cricket, uh, but that hasn't happened as yet. Is this a sign of desperation? A cry for help? Are they just mucking about? What's going on here, Tone? Perhaps you could shed some light on it for us. Well, it's certainly interesting timing, isn't it? It's eye-catching timing, to say the least. In many ways, though, you know, the timing, it's a, there is a natural pause, isn't there? It may only be of about two weeks, but uh, kind of post-Champions Trophy, pre-Ashes. So if you were going to make a change, not, not that you'd perhaps be looking to make uh, a change that often, if you felt you had to make a change, it would be now. Well, uh, as opposed to when? As opposed to what? Between Ashes tests or something? Well, I mean, it doesn't get much more drastic than this. No, but then, like, you know, the Ashes is going to be going on until January, f- effectively from now until January. So if there was an issue or if there were concerns to be addressed, then waiting till January and potentially being on the receiving end of a 10-0 
uh, as many, I say many, as both of them as predicted. Now is probably the time to do it if you were going to do it, if you were going to get a response. That's a good point, yeah. If, if they feel that Arthur isn't the right man, then it's, it's now or never, isn't it? So I suppose in that sense, it's a bit more understandable. But I think you'd have to say it's a surprising move. Yes, results have been desperate over the, the past few months. But what is this based on? This is based on the Champions Trophy performance, which is you know a different format and not really that relevant to the Ashes campaign. You'd think that if they were going to act, the time to act was after the India tour. They opted not to do that. They allowed Mickey Arthur to pick his squad, to plan, to strategize for this series. All of that's gone out the window now. It does just seem slightly peculiar that something could have happened between the India tour and now. I mean, whether it's disciplinary things, whether they're so upset by the David Warner incident, whether there are things going on behind the scenes in that, that dressing room that we don't know about, it's hard to say, but, but it's a remarkable move. So you're looking at it from the perspective that, that they had to do something, you know, I suppose in football people talk about the, the honeymoon period that uh, yeah. new managers get. Things couldn't have been going any worse. Maybe that, that honeymoon bounce, that kind of fresh perspective... It's a sensible decision. Is that what you're saying? No, I know. Not exactly. No. <laughs> not, 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 can't talk. So, so tired that I'm just like. No, I thought you were like, just so caught off guard by the question. <laughs> not like that. Uh, no, not exactly. Uh, but yeah, as you say, you know, it is a kind of it's a kind of decision that reeks of football. It's definitely more associated with football, certainly uh, in terms of kind of a drastic change right before kind of a, a big match or a big season. I don't know. There's no real uh, comparisons there. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. But it is slightly different because, you know, there's been a lot of talk of the indiscipline. Uh, there's obviously the Watson thing, the Warner thing, uh, you know, and any number of things. You could name, you could go on all night with the, <laughs> the number of things there are. Uh, but cricket is a different different thing, thing to football, <laughs> isn't it? You know, in football, you've got a, a large squad, you know, clubs now have got a large squad who are there all the time for months at a time uh, on long contracts. So that's quite difficult to manage. And I can see how disciplinary issues can get out of hand in football clubs quite easily. And yeah, often if the morale's not there, you're going to make a change. But in cricket, it doesn't strike me that that's... Maybe on a tour, it's a slightly different thing. But, you know, normally you pick a side for a few days. You've got 12 or 13 guys. Then they go, they go away for a bit. If there are disciplinary issues... Just get rid of the players. That's it's not that difficult, is it? Well, pick different players. Pick different players. Well, and that's why I, I would find it surprising if it's it's the disciplinary issues that exactly so caused this decision because it was Cricket Australia that really set their stall out. That that's what they wanted to happen. That they wanted that kind of real strong sense of discipline around the squad. And yes, Mickey Arthur was um, involved very heavily in the, the kind of homework gate thing, but Cricket Australia stood right by him in that. So if it is because of that that they've got rid of him then I could certainly understand why Arthur has said he feels like a fool guy um, well exactly and the, the, yeah the uh, or it suggests that the uh, powers that be in Australian cricket and the board think that you know there are better or there are other coaches that can come in but there aren't necessarily other players uh, who are able to step up well and that's that's really at the root of this isn't it and if I was Mickey Arthur I would feel a bit betrayed by Cricket Australia and I would also feel annoyed at the way that uh, he's been depicted or that he's not received uh, enough respect almost from the media in the aftermath of this because certainly the way that the English media seem to be re- seems to be reacting is 
that you know oh well this is a sensible move get darren lehman in you know <laughs> lehman's the right man lehman's a good man he'll sort them out but of course they'd say that because for the most part they all know him like michael vaughan was saying oh yeah darren lehman he's, he's a great man to get in yeah this is a really sensible decision but i mean michael vaughan played with darren lehman at yorkshire for about 10 years they're great mates you know, by all accounts, Darren Lehman is a fine coach, but so is Mickey Arthur. He had a lot of success with South Africa. Lehman has got no experience coaching an international team, which doesn't mean that he won't be good at it, but we just don't know. It's possible that Mickey Arthur isn't the right man for the job in this Australian setup. It might be that his methods just aren't working, but it might be that Australia are in decline anyway, in which case this is very much a deck chairs on the Titanic job. So I could understand him feeling a bit let down as a result of that. And it, as I say, it is the timing that seems so bizarre. It does make you think there must be something else going on. As I say, maybe they just feel it's going so badly wrong this tour that we've got to do something. But whether it'll make any difference, I don't know. Big, big pressure on the players uh, going into this Ashes series now. And, it, you know, from a, I was going to say from a neutral perspective, uh, from a neutral perspective, uh, you know, as much as I'd like to see an England win, and I definitely do want to see an England win, yeah. I also do want to see a competitive series. Uh, so hopefully it's not too one-sided. I'm a compassionate fella, Adam, as you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People say to me, what's your mate Tony like? I say compassionate. It's one of the uh, qualities that people often identify with me. People say to me, what's your mate who looks like Russell Crowe? Like? <laughs> say he's a compassionate fellow. Compassionate chap. Uh, you know, and of course, when uh, England were coming up against the, you know, the top Australian side uh, and in 2005 and stuff, when it, you know, when it was a real tussle, it was great seeing them on the rocks, great seeing Ponting kind of uh, you know, under, the, under the screw. But now I don't know. I'm just going to feel a bit sorry for the Aussies for, for most of them. You know, maybe that maybe I'm being a bit. Maybe Australian listeners won't enjoy hearing it, and maybe I sound like a complete. N- <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you know, I will be. Uh, I will be a little patronising, isn't it? It's yeah. a bit sad. It's, it's a, a bit, bit sad. A bit but, but I still think that this is going to be a competitive series. At no point have I thought that this won't be a competitive series. I think the English media are vastly overstating the extent of the Australian decline. It, Australia were terrible in India, but the conditions are so different to how they're going to be in this series that I don't think it's really all that relevant. I, I put England as strong favourites, but I don't think that the golfing class is nearly so wide as some people do. It would seem that Cricket Australia are amongst those people who think that the golf is that wide because I, I can't think why else they've made this decision at this time. Well, Matt Hoggard has come out and said it's worrying times for England. Of course, he played with them. Well, he played with Darren, Lee, <laughs> with Darren Lehman for 10 years, so... I, I can understand that though. If I ever met a cricketer and then he and then I was ever asked to comment on it in the media, I'd be like, "Yeah, he's a great guy." So you know, I'd be so biased. <laughs> if you asked to comment, you know, if I'd got, yeah, you know, if I was appointed as you know, like the lead presenter on Switch Hit, <laughs> and you were asked to quit, would you be like, "What would you say?" But yeah, he's, yeah, he's per- he'll get the passion going in them again. He's <laughs> got a real true switch hit grip. He'll really re- rejuvenate that switch hit <laughs> studio, Tony Kerr. Yeah. It's like how I think really favourably about Diddy Haman now, <laughs> because he's tweeted back a couple of times when I've tweeted at him. So now I'm like, yeah, Diddy Haman, great footballer. Like, we're really underrated. Like, <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Much like the tectonic plates of Earth. This episode of the World Cricket Show has been drifting for what seems like forever now. (laughs) What seems like millions of years. (laughs) It's probably about time, therefore, that we brought it 
to an end. Have you had fun tonight, Tone? Yeah, no, I've had a really good time. Have you had the best time ever? It's not too too bad, actually. It's been bearable. It's been bearable. Great. Lots to look forward to there. That should be uh, your iTunes review of us. Bearable. Bearable. <laughs> no, I kind of feel like this is the calm before the storm, isn't it? You know, we've got the fun out of the way. Got the Champions Trophy out of the way. We've all had a laugh. Uh, now we've got eight months of madness. Ashes madness. They should actually call it that, I think. <laughs> Rebrand it from, from Ashes to Ashes Madness. Before we go, I just wanted to uh, pose this question to you. Uh, it's, Me personally or the listeners? Uh, you. It's come from a listener. Uh, okay. Uh, it's come from a listener by the name of Hamza Najib, who's posted on our Facebook wall. I get out a lot between 20 and 40. Let me know what you think I can or what I should do, Hamza. Yeah. So he's come to us, Tony. He's thought, I'm really struggling with my batting. I'm not converting these starts. And he's thought, I know. I'll get in touch with those guys who are constantly talking about how they're getting out for naught and see what they think I should do. Yeah, I would say that the advice you're about to receive from me uh, should be binned immediately or deleted or wiped from your hard drive. I would flip it on its head and I'd say I'd need to ask a question of Hamza. How do I get to 20 to 40? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm having trouble getting to 20 to 40. Let me know what you think I should do. I, I've actually got no answers to it. I've, <laughs> I've, I've, ne- I've never got more than 40, uh, sadly enough. I've never got more than 20, so it's just so far beyond the realms <laughs> of my comprehension. Mentally, I don't know if I'd be able to cope in the 40s. <laughs> no, what? I, I, I actually have no idea. I've got no concept of it. But it's not, it's That's not even sad, just, isn't it? It's not even just I don't know what to suggest. It's that it's just beyond my... It's on another plane that I just don't need to think about it because it's never going to happen. <laughs> so it's, it's very much a case of how do I get to eight and then go from there. <laughs> how do I get in? Uh, can we think of some actual advice for him? I, I actually can't because I don't know. <laughs> the only thing I'm thinking about, and it rarely works, the only thing I'm thinking about in you know when I'm on naught is don't swing wildly at this don't try and play a huge shot and it, it usually it doesn't work well often uh, it doesn't work at all and it, if it does work I, you know i often forget it after about three runs so yeah i actually have no idea what you do in the 20s well all i can say it's more the same just keep playing I yeah keep playing but that's i guess that's what dif- that's what's difficult because you start to look too far ahead perhaps it, it you know maybe it's just a case of taking his, each ball as it comes playing each ball on its merits which is obviously easier said than done but uh Good advice. That seems like sound advice. Uh, yeah, from what hit I've the heard, bad ball. Wait for the bad ball. Wait for the bad ball. Yeah, hit the rubbish. I guess from what we can say, from what I've heard, from what I've, yeah, from <laughs> what I've been told, from what I've heard from the better players in our team, play each ball on its merits. Depends what what format we're we talking about. You know, if we're talking about sixteen over evening league division four in Guernsey, just smash everything. Just try and hit everything out the ground. Which has worked really well for you so far. Well, I've got a few runs. All right, well, I hope that answers your question, Hamza. I would imagine that it doesn't. Uh, but as I say, please let us know how we can get to 20. Anyway, that's about it for this week. If you like the show, then there's any number of things that you could do to get more involved in it. Uh, one thing that you could do is write a review for us on iTunes. We're actually being featured in the iTunes store right now. Well, I should clarify on the podcast section of the iTunes store. On the podcast section in the UK. So when I say the iTunes store, there are some qualifiers to that statement. But Kanye is very much hogging all the exposure at the moment. So we're not really getting a look in. But uh, we are getting a look in in a very small corner of the podcast homepage on the iTunes store in the UK. It's still pretty cool. Uh, And if you can't find it on your iPhone, it is in the podcast app if you're running the latest (laughs) iOS 
So <laughs> just give us a phone call and we'll talk you through. Talk you through it. And then you have to scroll slightly, <laughs> yeah. but we are there. Swipe left and then keep <laughs> scrolling down. Uh, eventually you'll find us. But it is pretty cool. And and as a result, I'd say there has never been a better time to write a review for us on there. Go to Facebook as well, facebook.com slash cricket show. We've just surged past 6,000 likes on Facebook. So if you want to jump on that bandwagon, uh, then that's the place to do it. You can follow us on Twitter as well. At Cricket Show is essentially me. At Tony Cover is Tony. T-O-N-Y-C-V-R-R. Send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com. And we might even write you back if you're very lucky. And send us your questions, more questions about how to improve your cricket technique. I think we really answered that one from Hamza pretty pretty spectacularly. So um, <laughs> I can imagine people those questions will be flooding in now. Uh, and if you go to our online website, www.cricketshow.net, on there you can purchase your World Cricket Show t-shirt for just £15, which includes free shipping to anywhere in the world. You can also download the theme song, for free this theme song tone this theme song right here it's playing under us right now probably i mean i put it in in post don't i so so it's good it's I catchy imagine it is you know i mean you never know i might decide to put something else on maybe crank out some sort of classic if you put get lucky on I'll, uh, I'll <laughs> i might do get lucky i might i might crank out some classic 80s anthem like don't you want me baby or uh what take on me bit of a ha do you think <sighs> to round off the pod moonlight that be, shadow that'd be appropriate moonlight shadow yeah probably Carried away by a moonlight shadow, shadow. Tony's, Tony's, gonna fade Tony's down got there. his hand on the faders. He's anxious to get out of here. I'm going to get to the supermarket before it closes. Yeah, cut that. Definitely cut that. Anyway, well, stay in school, everybody. Uh, it's not summer holidays yet, so get back to work. Yeah, good luck with your exams. Look forward to the ashes. Watch Wimbledon. Listen to the podcast. Banter, banter, banter. Delete that. See you next week. Cut the end. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.